Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. And this is the Gospel of the Lord. There's a lot of goodness here today. And you never hear really a gospel that it ends perfectly, just how you need it to, to show what we're doing today. These things are written so that you may come to believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that through this belief you may have life in his name. 
All that we encounter in the sacraments, all that we encounter in the sacred liturgy, all that we encounter, especially today on this Divine Mercy Sunday, the second Sunday of Easter, is to remind us as well, as the Collect said, the font in which we've been washed. To remember that. To remember the spirit in which we've been reborn. The blood of him in whom we've been redeemed. Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit forever and ever. This is what we, at the end of the octave of Easter, are pondering. This is what we continue to celebrate. This is why it couldn't be contained in one day. It stretched out into those eight days, and especially onto this, the day that we call Divine Mercy Sunday. A special day in which recognizing, having heard the word of God, allowing it to like gestate in our hearts, we may come alive. It may be birthed into new life within us. We who have been baptized, we who have journeyed through Lent, we've journeyed through the desert, journeyed through the Paschal Mysteries, is supposed to help us to surrender our hearts to him whose heart was pierced. And notice his wounds were still there. He didn't resurrect and be like, okay, I'm going to heal that one up. And no, He left his wounds to show this is the same body which died on the cross for you and it's the same wounds by which you will be healed. You will always have access to my heart because it will always be pierced with a lance. Blood and water will always gush forth from it for sinners because I desire all to be baptized, all to receive the Eucharist if they will but come to my heart and believe that I am, as we often think of as doubting Thomas, but we could also say he's one of the gives one of the greatest testimonies. He says, my Lord and my God. He recognizes who he has finally encountered and makes one of the greatest testimonies in all of scripture. That this is not only the Lord, some great king, someone who's powerful on earth, but that same king is God. The son of God, co-equal with the father. It's this God who desires to give us mercy. It's that's why, and, and he, is, he has come time and time again. He sends his mom a lot to tell us to like repent, believe in the gospel, to come to receive all he has. But we also recognize too, and why we call it Divine Mercy Sunday, because Jesus himself spoke to St. Sister Faustina in 1937. And she gave us her journal of all the things that he said to her. And one of them was this. And it reminds us how serious this call to mercy is. He says to St. Sister Faustina, In the old covenant, I sent prophets wielding thunderbolts to my people. Today I am sending you with my mercy to the people of the whole world. I do not wish to punish aching mankind, but I desire to heal it and press it into my merciful heart. I use punishment when they themselves force me to do so, but my hand is reluctant to take hold the sword of justice. Before the day of justice comes, I will send the day of my mercy. Brothers and sisters, this is what we celebrate today. This is what is available to all peoples throughout all of the world, not only this day, but every day in the church that Christ established. His mercy, the fonts of which are through in the, found to be in the sacraments. This is why he came. This is why he died. And this is what we celebrate is that he rose to new life. He was victor. He was conqueror over the grave. He, the son of justice, has come. That's, that's what that second reading is about. If we read like the fullness, because it got like, a little bit cut down. If we read the fullness of it, he's revealing himself to be the son of justice that's spoken of in Isaiah 11. The one who will be the weapon of God against evil. And against all those who do evil. 
Why? Because he desires to bring justice. And he did so on the cross so that we might receive mercy. So that if we will die with him in the waters of baptism, we may rise with him to new life. And we know too, again, that great font of mercy, which is the sacrament of reconciliation, which he told Sister Faustina like, to, to just send out that message that everybody needs to go. Why? Because we're sinners. We fall typically after baptism and in big ways. And so we need his precious blood to be poured out upon us again. We need to be covered in it. We need to be forgiven. And we can be. That's the message of mercy. Rather than receive his justice, we may be able to, when we come with a heart contrite and humbled, he will not spurn, but rather his heart aches and will draw us into his own merciful heart. Cover us with his precious blood so that mystically we are wiped clean, washed clean again from the sin that defiles us and destroys our relationship with him. This, this juxtaposition between sin and mercy, justice and mercy, is what we have to keep in mind. Because otherwise we will not be able to do what we're called to do, which is to be on mission. We who have received his mercy, we who have been brought into the bosom, the heart of God, through his church, we are called to send forth, to go forth like the apostles. That's what apostle means, is one who's sent forth. Yes, God established the bishops. God established priests who, give, who act in his divinity, who can actually like forgive sins, something only God can do. Remember that whole episode back in Scripture when he tells the man, like, rise, get up and walk, and then the Pharisees get mad at him like, um, because he says your sins are forgiven too, and they're like, only God can do that. And he's like, yeah, uh, get up and walk now too. Just to show him, like, I can do that because I'm God. And he bestows that authority because he bestows his priesthood so that others may be set free. This is what we see. This is precisely what's established today as he breathes the Holy Spirit upon the early apostles so that they may bind and loose. And in case we've ever wondered about that, like, what? wait, wait, binding. I get the loosing part, Father, because I go to confession regularly and I need to be loose from my sins. But what about the binding? In case we've never understood that, two examples would be like excommunication. Excommunication is actually mercy. It's to tell the sinner, you've done something that's hurt you so badly, that's hurt your relationship with Christ so badly that the church is now having to proclaim it to you so that hopefully, like all the prodigal sons we are, they'll repent and come home to the Father's heart. So too, we can also recognize that sometimes, because we're supposed to come to the sacrament of reconciliation with contriteness, with repentance, meaning we, hate, we love God so much that we hate our sins, if someone comes and they go to confession and they're like, Father, I did this, and I'm like, so you're going to stop that, right? And they go, no. I go, well, then you're not really sorry, and you're bound to your sin. You are still in slavery, and I cannot remove that from you until you're ready to be done with it. Now, the statistical chance is the person might fall again, but if they don't want to end that sin, they are bound in their sin, and the priest can declare that. You're stuck until you repent and believe in the gospel that he can break every shackle that's there. But the person must lay down their heart so that Christ can forgive because Christ does not force freedom on people. This all gets us back to the point of mercy because that's what God wants to pour forth. His heart cries out for mercy. This is what he told the sister Faustina time and time again. His heart desires to give of himself. Not because we're worthy. That's precisely, again, what we remember today. None of us are worthy. 
All of us are sinners, all because of original sin, which we heard in, our, in our, one of the prayers this morning, which corrupted our nature, which has us geared towards doing the evil. Like, none of us are worthy of his love. And yet, he loves. And yet, his heart goes out to us. This is the compassionate, merciful heart of God. He desires um, to, to give us life. Not just a note, not just like sin remediation, like to get rid of sin. No, no, no. He desires this is what he shows in his resurrected body. This is what he shows in the blood and water that gushes forth from his side, which shows us baptism and the most holy Eucharist, that we can be united with God in Mass. That in Mass we have access to his resurrected body. In Mass we have access to be elevated to his heart. Where we too, in the midst of Mass, while the Eucharist is elevated, we can say, my Lord and my God. We can proclaim him Lord of our life and God in our life. So that then when we approach him, to receive him, body, blood, soul, and divinity, we may be in communion. We may be in union with God. Not, again, just mere sin remediation, but the beginnings of heaven, the beginnings of peace, which he offered today. Note that word that he says, peace be with you. We hear it right before we receive the Eucharist too, because that's Christ speaking to you. It's a reminder that the, the sign of peace is not like, hi guys, how's it going? Good to see you. Good to see you since last Sunday. No, it's saying, May you literally have peace, the peace that comes from God, the peace that comes from him alone, that comes from being united with him both now and for all eternity. The fact that we have access to this, the fact that his merciful heart is open to us to the wound that still exists in his side, like is what we rejoice in today. But we rejoice as well that as he gives of himself, he gives us peace, that he reorders our heart through the sacrament, that he, that he empowers us it's not just for us. Today, as we reflect upon his mercy, it's also to move us into what we were called to do that I was kind of referencing earlier, to be moved into mission. Because make no mistake, brothers and sisters, that's what we're called to. Each one of us, especially the laity, are called on mission to go forth and to preach the good news out in the world, the world to go into enemy territory, the world which is owned and under the sway of the devil. And why? To go there with Christ, with the victor, and win victories out there. To tell others of his merciful love so that they can come to receive him. So they can give their life to him in baptism or confession. So they can be empowered by him as new soldiers through confirmation. So that they can receive him in the Eucharist. So that he can feed them for the battles that there are and as well nourish them and heal them from their battle wounds and sanctify them with union that comes from him. Let us not forget this. Let us remember in this octave that we are an Easter people, that we are, as Easter people, a missionary people, a people called to preach the joy of the resurrection, to preach the peace that can be found in Christ through repentance, through the sacraments, through giving all of ourselves and turning away from all the sinful ways. On this Divine Mercy Sunday, let us remember this is not just Christ's story that happened a long time ago. This is our story. This is us and what we're called to now. This is our life, not merely the apostles. This is what God in his gracious goodness has called us into. Not just to receive his merciful love for ourselves, but to share that message of mercy with others so they may come, believe, they may say, my Lord and my God, they may come, as the gospel relates, 
to give their entire life to Jesus Christ and have life in him and his merciful love. Let us today, reflecting upon his great mercy, again ask God to inflame our hearts so that we may become missionaries of mercy in the world. St. Anthony of Padua.